Welcome to episode 83 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Tim along with Anthony as we dive into the world of sports. Took a week off with the bye week with the Browns and plus I needed recovery time after the way they've been playing lately. And uh, there's a lot going on in the world. The, the World Series is just upon us. So a lot to uh, discuss. Let's uh, let's start with the baseball. Let's yes. have some fun. Yes. Let's enjoy the moment. Two interesting LCSs, a four-game sweep by the Washington Nationals. Yes. And we happened to see how good they were playing at the end of the season yeah. when they played the Indians, when everyone thought the Indians still had a chance. And we've seen how good they have been since. And then uh, we had a really good series with the Yankees in in Houston. And again, I'm going to say the same thing. Starting pitching still dominates. Yep. I don't care. The in. Let me let me rephrase this. Starting pitching is still king in baseball. Yes, a bullpen can make you fantastic and keep you in opportunities. And in the postseason, a, a huge bullpen can take you to the next mm-hmm. level. As what happened with the Indians in 2016, what happened with the Royals, mm-hmm. per, you know, in 2014 and other in 2015 when they made their runs. The difference is they both had starting pitching. Yes. Now in 2016, when the Indians fell in the World Series, all their starting pitching went away it's in hurt. the playoffs. So their bullpen was stressed out all the way till game seven in inning number 10. So it was phenomenal what they achieved. Since then, we've seen a, a, a shift in baseball where they've gone to a strong bullpen is so necessary yes. in the and running and micromanaging mm-hmm. games are so important. I think Dave Roberts fell huge victim to this. victim to that in the last three seasons because he's had the starting pitching with Los Angeles to go farther than they have, mm-hmm. and they made it two World Series. And of course, this year they didn't make it back. Uh, I think last year we seen starting pitching how important it was to Boston uh, when when Sales came back and pitched mm-hmm. well in the playoffs. I think starting pitching, you see what Washington has achieved this season in the postseason and the last 10 days of the regular season, how important starting pitching can be. And I think Houston proved that when they went out and got Granky yes. to strengthen their rotation going down the strength. And then you look at what... Cole has achieved and what Verlander has achieved and everything that they have as a staff. And when you look at their bullpen, it's strong, but it's not super strong. They're strong because of their pitching and their hitting. That lineup is fierce and that pitching is dominant. You know who actually has come alive is Washington's bats. Yes. Come alive. Their their offense is is really clicking right now. Yes. So I'm really looking forward to this World Series. I know I've been talking for a while, but wow. Uh, I think we're off. We're going to see a great start of the World Series. I'm really looking forward to a six, possibly a seven-game World Series. Flashback a month ago when we were here and we titled our podcast Kicked in the Gut when the the Indian season fell short. Reviewed and wrapped up that. Um I gave my picks, and I said Nationals-Astros World Series. And I said the Astros in six. This World Series, Tim, is going to feature the top six 
six of the top 20 or 30 starting pitching in baseball. And Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg against Verlander, Cole, and Grinky. We are in for a phenomenal World Series. Wow. A really hot Houston team, really hot Washington team, a hot Houston team that's battle-tested with a lineup that used that team is so deep. But Washington's offense right now is key. It's clutch. It's not as deep or as talented as Houston is, but when they need that clutch hit, they get it. And and the thing to watch out for is Grinky has not looked good his last two starts. He'll go in game three, I believe. Washington is jumping on teams early. They jumped on St. Louis early to finish up that sweep. This they never lost be, the lead in that series. No, I, not only did they ever trade on that series, did they? No, I think they were the closest they were were tied in game Late three. Game, yeah. This is going to be a heavyweight fight. I'm looking forward to it. And tomorrow night you have Max Scherzer against Derek Cole. Oh, Cole's going to start tomorrow. Oh, Derek Cole's going to start. Okay, excuse me. Uh, we all know Max Scherzer, how phenomenal he is. And he's on a run right now that was similar to Corey Kluber's in the 16 playoffs. Garrett Cole has not lost since May. He's unflappable right now. You know, it was funny. I, I tweeted out during the playoffs, Max Scherzer is my favorite pitcher to watch. Other than yes, the Cleveland Indians, it's just he's just so technical. Yes, he is, and he, he gets it done. And he's so good. He's so competitive. Derek Cole has had a, an amazing run. And as crazy as that sounds, if I was voting for the for the Cy Young at the end of the regular season, my vote would have gone to Verlander. Mine would have too. <laughs> I think everybody's would have. I think majority of those people in baseball would have given it to Verlander. Well, we'll see here in a week or two, but. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that ends up. And then you up. get to throw Justin Verlander game too, but you get to throw Corbin or Strasburg game too. So <laughs> I've said this many times. I'll say this over and over again. That's an amazing, amazing amount of talent in Houston, and Derek Cole's going to break the bank. Yes, he is. Uh, and I don't care what number you throw at him. Whoever signs him is going to have a cornerstone starting pitcher for many years to biggest, come. Biggest salary given to a starting and pitcher, I, you think? Probably. Probably. The because just going. the way baseball yep. works, every year things it, change. It and every year yeah. someone beats previous numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone will Someday somebody will be we'll break that, yeah. every signing craziness. Um, Mike Trout, someday. Someone might be paid more mm-hmm. than Mike Trout someday, as crazy as that sounds. I don't know who, but someone Somebody's may. Do it. Someone may get there. Uh, you know, Bryce Harper had it for what thirty days. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I never thought Bryce Harper, uh, you know, a three hundred thirty million dollar type contract would ever happen. So it is what it is, and the numbers aren't crazy mm-hmm. and all that. Slight prediction outside the World Series: Derek Cole to the Angels. Really? Yes. Wow. Just he's a Southern California guy. He pitched at UCLA. They need a cornerstone to go with Trout. They haven't made the playoffs in forever. I think Yankees will be in. in. I think Houston will be in the bidding. But I'm going to say Dodgers. Uh, nope. You don't think uh, the Angels? Angels, 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 100. I think the Angels will will break the bank for him. That makes him a playoff team, probably. <laughs> with Joe Madden, exactly. And Mike Trout? Are you kidding me? It just makes too much sense to me. Now. That doesn't mean I'm usually I'm usually 100 wrong, and that's a different story for now. But that'd be good for baseball, though. Uh, you know what? As much as I was singing the praises of Houston, I'm rooting for Washington. Two reasons: 
A, I already mentioned one. I'm a match searcher yep. fan. I love watching him pitch. Always have. Always will. Even when he was with Detroit. Detroit against us, yeah. And, and it broke your heart every time he pitched it because he just destroyed the Indians back in the day. And the other reason is the city of Washington hasn't won a baseball World Series, and I can't remember the last time. They've only won one championship in... And that was the Capitals a couple of years ago. No, well, I'm talking about baseball. Oh, ba- oh no, they you have know, not. You go back to the Senators. The, senators, yeah, they the have first not. Senators and the second Senators. I I want to say they won one back in the 30s. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not a baseball his- historian. I think it was 1931 was the last time the city of Washington has, won a has had the World Series. That's incredible. Uh, or won the World well, how Series. How many years was it just the Nationals couldn't get over the hump? I you remember coming into the game five of the AL, NLDS against the Dodgers? They had lost their last seven or eight elimination games. Nine, maybe. It's amazing the run the Nationals have gone on, considering they were in last place at the end of May. And I know May, it's only two months into the season, but they were last place. And they didn't win the division. They won the wild card. And they had to come back in the wild card, if not for a Josh Hader a blown save in the eighth inning. It's been 61 seasons since wow. Washington last played in a World Series. The city of Washington, I'm talking about. Not the Washington Nationals, which are the former you know, Expos. Um, I'm talking about just baseball in the city of Washington. And of course, they lost two teams. They lost the original mm-hmm. centers. And then I believe the original centers, I could be wrong here, went to Minnesota. And the second... Expansion team that was the Washington Senators ended up in Texas, in Dallas, which Dallas Fort Worth, yeah. which became the Rangers. So if my memory serves me correct. Those are where those two. And then they gained. Right. And now the third generation of baseball in, in the city of Washington is the uh, the Nationals. And uh, I just did a quick thing. 61 seasons. Wow. Uh, it's been 33 years. Uh, there was 33 years. Without baseball in the city of Washington. So, who's your prediction? I say Astros in six. I'm sticking by it. All right. I'll go the opposite. I'm going to go Washington in seven. I can see it go. I can see it going that way, too. Everybody knows Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, uh, Zach Greinke, obviously. We know Scherzer. We know Corbin. But Steven Strasburg has pitched out of his mind the best he's ever pitched in his major league career. Um, and he's coming in some tight spots and has. Save the uh, save the day for the Nationals. Uh, he pitched Game Five against the Dodgers, and when they held on to win, and he pitched in game in the wild card game against the Brewers. This is probably the best possible World Series matchup when you break it down of the star-studded power Houston has with the three-headed rotation the Nationals have, and don't forget Anibal Sanchez, who has pitched really well also this postseason. Oh yeah, no. It's just it's insane. I think it's going to be a great World Series. I do, too. and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And there's no question about it. And uh, it should be quite interesting to see how it all turns out. And I'm looking, f- like I said, I'm looking forward to to the first game of the World Series and uh, right. hopefully a great series. Yes, yeah, starting Tuesday night. All right, I got to talk about my Cleveland Browns. Get off my chest. It's been Even a good on the bye week. week. It's it's been it's been a good bye week. <laughs> I, I avoided the NFL completely for the most part. I watched a little bit of the Vikings uh, last yesterday. That's about it. So it was a good week. Uh, my fantasy teams are, you know, average. Average. 
One really sucks, but that's not why we're here no. to talk about. I'm just having fun. This Browns team needs a victory in the worst way against the best team in football. In Foxborough. Yeah. We're going to find out who the men are and who the boys are this week. You know, so this is uh, two big weeks for your football teams. Yeah. Look at yourselves in the mirror and see who they are, huh? Yeah. Well, I've been dreading the thought of being 2-5 and five since the opening game lost to Tennessee. And they're knocking on the door of two and five to start the first seven games. And it's a legitimate two and five. I yep. mean, it's they had opportunities to win two of those games, but they didn't. You are what you are is my favorite saying. And uh, I've said it many times. This team needs to find a way to pull up the biggest upset it's had since the last time they beat New England when Mangini was the head coach. They have not had a big win like that uh, where a team was an ultimate. No one's seen it coming. Mangini beat the Patriots in Cleveland one year when no one's seen it coming. Nope. And they beat him up. Yeah. I mean, that was a long time ago. I could care less today. But this team has, this team needs to perform at the level it performed at Baltimore, where it took advantage of every opportunity. It ran the ball successful. It had an identity and was very good at it. The Baltimore game was the most complete game the Cleveland Browns played this season. Yes. Hands down, without a doubt. That's the most complete game they've played in a while. This season, the Baltimore game on the road, when they needed the win, they came away with it. They were able to do everything they needed to do. Yeah, they had a couple of big plays in the game, but big plays are part of football. Mm -hmm. And you have to take advantage of that. This has to be the coming out party for this Cleveland Browns team offensively with its true identity, who they are. Can Baker Mayfield win a big game? Because we haven't seen it yet. Nope. Can the running game go through Chubbs? Can he be the offensive player that he shows to be at times like he was in the Baltimore mm-hmm. game? Can OBJ, Landry, and the rest of the receiving core be the players that everyone expects them to be making plays, making catches, and turning third down and six and seven into first downs? And continue to move in the sticks and going downfield. Those are the challenges this team has. This team will be almost made or break with this game. Because if they are successful enough to win this game, which is a huge, huge, huge pillar to get to, it changes your entire season. Because you now, instead of being two and five, you're three, three and four. four going into week eight. And if you can win that one, you're now halfway through the season, 4-4, four four, and, four, four, yeah. and all playoff hopes stay alive. You lose this game, you're 2-5, and five, and needing to win out, basically. Possibly losing one, one more game, game. One game, you can go 8, yeah. And you're 9-7, and, and there's no guarantees. Yeah, the, and they're 10-point underdogs, too. They were 10.5-point underdogs last time I checked this yeah. morning. And they should be. I think 10.5 is being generous. I think if I was... Going to take the Cleveland Browns, I would want 14 or more. Really? Oh, God, yes. Do you think this, to me, screens like a game where Freddie Kitchens turns to his offensive line, turns to Nick Chubb, and says, we're going to ride you and ride you and ride you. You need to play keep away. You have to play keep away. And and then you got to go to Baker Mayfield and say, I know we have these shiny toys in Landry. And then Beckham and all the other guys we have. You have to make a couple throws each half that help us win the game. But for but 
Just move the chains. Don't try to hit home runs every play. Here's Just here's the story of the New game. New England with New England's game, dink and dunk, and run it down. Here's the story of the game. Turnovers. The Browns cannot have a turnover, period. No, no. Especially playing those this guys. This New England's field. defense is too good. This New England's defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. So, if not the best. Yeah. I just I know what I've watched. I'm not looking at statistics. I have no idea. That's just one of the best teams in football defensively this year. You're going to have to come up with plays. You're going to have to actually defensively get turnovers, and you can't turn over the ball. Browns got to be plus two in turnovers this week. Have to. They... Just win the turnover margin. Just win it. If neither team turns over the ball, you're going to have to make big plays to win the ball. Again. Multiple big plays in each half. Yeah. Well, just make big plays. It doesn't matter where. Where I don't care if you score three touchdowns on three plays at the end of the game and you win. Fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Or if you made three plays throughout the ball game and they turn into touchdowns and you win the ball game. It don't matter where they come in the in the realm of the sixty minutes on the field. As long as you make them. Chances are you're better off making them throughout the 60 minutes than the last three plays of the game. Okay, that's just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But my point is, if it's there, it's there. You have to make plays. You have to have an identity. This offense, is my opinion, this week is the make or break for the offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. I completely agree. If Munkin comes out and fails this, you have to make a move. Maybe this season's lost. But Freddie Kitchen has to take over this offense and decide that he's the offensive coordinator going forward and the head coach, which is a lot to do. There's only been one game where this team has had success offensively, and that was against Baltimore. The entire season has been a complete disaster offensively. And there's a new offensive coordinator who's not doing his job, as far as I'm concerned. And I made my case last podcast, Todd Munkin, was the offensive coordinator yep. for the Buc- uh, for the for the Buccaneers, Buccaneers, and Jameis Winston was the most regressive quarterback for two seasons in a row. He is now your offensive coordinator in Cleveland, and who is the most regressive quarterback in the NFL? Baker it Mayfield. is Baker Mayfield. I don't care. You are what you are. I don't care if the sample size is small, meaning only six mm-hmm. games. You are what you are until you prove otherwise. And this game here is all about proving where you are as an organization and how good you'll be. You can't lose home games. You already lost three of them. You have to go 5-0 and at home the rest of the season. You have to win on the road. You have no choice. The season for the Browns going forward, if they're going to be a playoff contender, they're going to have to pull up upsets. And the upsets has to begin this week. If it doesn't come this week, you're two and five, and probably, truthfully, looking at a five and eleven season. Really, the numbers don't add up. The schedule gets easier. The back part of the schedule, you're going to lose your team by then. Do the Browns win Sunday? I don't know. They have no choice. If they want to be a playoff team, they have to prove to the NFL that they're capable of being a playoff team. And how you do that is you win on the road and you win games you're not supposed to. This is a game there no one, you no steal. one, nope. when the season came out, no one penciled in, no even Cleveland Brown fans is penciling in wins in this week. Okay? Nobody who does an entire schedule and say, oh, this is a win, this is a loss, yeah. this is a partial, a, a yeah. possible win. 
No one. This is 100% loss on this ledger. So they have to come out with a win. They have to prove to the world that this is the team everyone thought they could be. This is their Super Bowl in Week 7. This is make or break. Mm -hmm. Because I'll be honest, they lose this game, five wins. That's my call. Five, five wins, wins for the season. They're five and eleven. You're probably looking at a new coach next year again. I don't know. No, I wouldn't say that. No, no, no. Even after John Clayton reports that the Browns were close to firing Kitchens after Seattle loss, I don't believe that. I just where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Who are you going to hire in the middle of the season on this staff? No, there's nobody. There was there was nobody qualified. Maybe Wilkes, but that's my point. Five yeah. and eleven. It, if this team falls apart to five and eleven, good lord, good lord. Well, that's what you're facing. That's what you're facing. Yeah, that's what a two and five start can do to a team, especially when you're supposed to be a a good team. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, this year make or break was make the playoffs, and I honestly do believe that this team could be five and eleven if they are unsuccessful here in the next two weeks. Yeah, you have to win a game that you're not supposed to. I'm not sure they can, but this is the week. They have to prove to themselves, they have to prove to the league that they are what everyone said they were going to be, and that's where they're at. That's You're only as good as your record, and the record right now is 2-4, and four, and you're facing the world champions. Simple as that. I'm going to say this. The Browns won't win Sunday. However, they'll be in the game late, I think. I just think Brady makes enough plays late to win the game. I think the Browns are truly going to come out and run the football and play keep away. Uh, I think the defense is going to heat up Brady. And I do think the Browns are going to be in the game late. I if the Browns win this work. game, Miles Davis will have a I – mean, Miles Davis. Miles <laughs> Garrett will have a big game. If the Browns win this game, Miles Garrett will have two sacks. Uh, he'll have a bigger game. I mean, he'll have a huge game. If the Browns win this game, Miles Garrett – Will be one he of the reasons. To. Simple as to. that. He has to be the game changer. Everybody thinks he can be. It comes down to that. All right. Real quickly. Yes. I'm going to pull it up right now. High school football season is rapidly coming to an end. We are in week nine now, Tim. Week nine. It's amazing to sit here and think that just a few weeks ago that we were saying this is the kickoff of the fastest 10 weeks in football. And we're done in a month. It's amazing. This week, we do have the Holy War in Youngstown between Cardinal Mooney Cardinals and the Ursuline Fighting Irish right on WRQX AM 600 and Western Reserve Radio. So you want to tune in for that. But we're going to start right there in the Goat Rodeo yes. of Ohio High School Athletic Association regions, Region 13 and Division 4. The Perry Pirates still at top at 8 0 with an 18.7 current average. Wintersville, Indians Creek, 16.5347, 7 1. Kygo Falls Christian Academy, 16.2375 at 3. The Poland Seminary Bulldogs, 15.2, 6 2. What a comeback for what them. What a way they turned their season around. Because it was looking ugly there the first couple weeks of the season. And give credit to head coach Ryan Williams and that program for turning it around big time. The Hubbard Eagles, 6-2. 13.87 
coming in at number five. The Struthers Wildcats at number six, six and two, 11.43. Number seven, the Girard Indians at 9.5750 with a five and three record. Still hanging on. They're still hanging on despite the big losses to graduation last year. The Salem Quakers, number eight, six and two on the season with a nine point five six two five just trailing Gerard. And they come in at number eight. The Cardinal Mooney Cardinals, four and four at number ten, and may not have enough left in the tank to make the playoffs. Who does Mooney get week ten? Mooney has Austintown Fitch. They're gonna need Aust- they need Austintown Fitch to beat Bourbon this week, and then they're gonna have to beat them. Ursuline obviously is gonna be very little help yeah, at one and seven. Point to right. So they're gonna need that. They're maxed out. They're not mathematically eliminated by any stretch of the imagination. But they're hanging by a, th- a thread right now. According to Joe Etel, they're a max win out. Would be a 14.2778. That should get them in. Their minimum win out is 11.9582. Their maximum loss out is a 7.81. And their minimum loss, their maximum loss out is a 10.18. And their maximum loss out is a 7.81. So let me uh, refuse looking at those numbers. So what you're saying is Mooney better win and hope for help. That's exactly it. Here's the problem. Perry has clinched a playoff spot. Indian Creek, Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy, Poland, Hubbard, and Struthers control their own destiny. Meaning if they win out, they are in. That only leaves two spots left, and Gerard and and Salem has it. And Chagrin Falls is also in the mix. So it would take a lot of good things going their way. And one of them, the thing that would help them the most, besides beating Ursuline, and this is a huge, huge ask. Ursuline comes back and beats St. Vincent St. Mary's. Exactly. That's a huge ask. I don't know if that will happen. Let me ask you this, Tim. And I have never understood it for the life of me. Why isn't Ursula Mooney week 10? It's probably scheduling. It's as simple as that. A lot of times this happens because of scheduling. I, it has been week 10 in the past. Mm-hmm. I know Boardman Mooney was week 10 for many years. Uh, back in the 80s and early 90s. So I think it more than anything, it just comes down to scheduling. scheduling. You know, how to get 10 games in when you're a small school like Mooney and Ursuline who have to have some challenges sometimes mm-hmm. scheduling. Yes. You have to fill in the gaps. Uh, what weeks or what teams are available to play you. So those teams are going to work together or the schools, I should say, will work together to figure out when to make that happen. So not a big deal. We're excited for this game. Oh, yeah. This is uh this is a pretty cool honor for us to do um, Young Sounds edition of the Holy War and a top 20 rival in the state of Ohio. I think if you asked people from across the state, give your top 20, 25 rival in the state of Ohio, Mooney Ursuline's on there. There's no it, question about it, it. Even when one of the teams is bad. And it's, it'll be our first look at the 
new multimedia center too at YSU. Oh yeah, that'll be a lot. That that to me is a secondary thing right now. But yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. It should be great Friday night. Looking at Division Two, Region Five, our only chance for a representation in the Valley is Warren G. Harding, who currently set at number eight with 11.25 average. Everybody above them control their own destiny or have clinched a playoff spot. Maslin, Washington, Hoban, Mayfield, and Perry, as Maslin Perry, have all clinched a playoff spot. Hudson and Hoover control their own destiny. So six teams basically have either clinched or control their own destiny. So last Harding is going to have to win out. They have to beat. They play. Here's the bad news for Harding. They get West Toronto Prep from Canada, who is 0-7. Okay. That's not going to get him anything. Exactly. And then they have Holland to end the season, who's 4-4, four and four, which will help. However, they're going to need help because Alliance is right behind them. Alliance plays Minerva. They're 1-7. Same type of situation playing an 0-7 team. And they're playing a Division Four school, while I believe the Canada school is a Division Three school. Yeah. And then they play Marlington six and two. So that Marlington game will be huge for Alliance. So last year, Hoban and Maslin met for the state championship. This year, they can meet for the regional final. We'll have to wait and see. We don't know how it's gonna how how the rankings will happen yet. But yes, that is true. They yeah. could end up there. And Harding, if they hold on to that number eight spot, would play will have Maslin in the first round. First round. Oh boy! Which oh boy, Tim must would be it. a rematch from week three in the season, where they lost forty nine to seven. And Harding actually got up seven nothing that game. Tim, let's take a look at Region Division three, Region nine, and the team we had last week, the Canfield Cardinals. Canfield sits at fifteenth in the region. Five and three on the year. They play the Howland Tigers this week and the Bournemouth Spartans next week. So a chance at points there for Canfield. And their max win out is 22. 22.4 it would be. They got a lot of schools to climb over. Unfortunately, when you're at 15 in the top eight, there's seven teams you have to climb over. You're going to need a lot of help. You're going to need a lot of help. I mean, it's just the way it goes. Don't think Camp is going to make the playoffs. No. I want to touch on them real quick. We had them two or three weeks, the last couple weeks. Really, really good to see uh, Crawford back at running back. He suffered what looked like a really bad injury against Cleveland JFK. Um, So it's nice to see him back and running for the Cardinals um, and finishing up his senior campaign strong. You know, just once again, thanks to Coach Pav and my cousin for uh, their hospitality a lot of fun for me to be able to broadcast their games this year. Uh, it was good. It was. It was yeah, we were impressed. I, we came away very impressed Friday night. Yeah, right unfortunately now. for Canfield, they lost a couple close games, one heartbreaker in overtime mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, losses do add up, and it's just one of those scenarios. This competition this year, they're going to just end up a little short. But yeah, no, it was. They were class acts. The entire. Uh, Athletic department in Canfield, and there's no question about it. We we look forward to covering them again. Oh, yeah, we'd love to uh, go back. No question about it. We hope for the best this year. Hopefully the season it won't end at week yeah. 10. Yeah, hopefully they're alive uh, in week 11. Yeah, and we'll go from there. But if not, 
we look forward to 2020. There's no yep. question about it. All right, real quickly here, let's go. Let's jump over to Division Six, Region Twenty One. That's where it can get tricky, Tim. Because the only team that's clinched, I believe, is Springfield. Correct? Yes. Who right now we have scheduled next week against McDonald in Week Ten. And Springfield has a huge game this week. Well, huge for Springfield. They're undefeated, right? Yes. They want to keep the undefeated season alive. West Reserve needs this game. Yes. West Reserve needs this game. And that will be broadcast on our sister station, WBBW 1240, with uh, Jim Craven and Mark Means, by the way. That's a big one for Reserve. Uh, big one for Strengthfield in the sense of they want to keep their undefeated season alive. Um, the Tigers will be in the playoffs. And I think that's our re- that's our best chance of getting multiple teams in the playoffs, correct? That and uh, Region 13, I believe. Yes. Uh, well. Region 13, like I said, is the goat rodeo of uh, – go back to – you mentioned Springfield comes in at number two in the mm-hmm. region. Fort Fryer is at number one. Mogador is at three. Trimble's at four. Dalton's at five. They all either control their destinies or have clinched. The only one that's clinched is, is Springfield. And West Reserve controls their own destiny. So that game between Springfield and West Reserve will have a big impact on – the winner and loser actually have a bigger impact on Western Reserve than they'll do yes. uh, Springfield. Springfield's made the playoffs, so win or lose, they're still in. Win or lose, Western Reserve may or may not be in. They're going to have to control their own destiny. They're going to have to win out to secure a playoff spot. So, uh, and Columbiana actually comes in at number seven. So, uh, we have three teams firing for a playoff spot in that region, so it's going to be quite a bit. And Division 7, Region 25, our old friend, and this is where it's going to be interesting, uh, John F. Kennedy. Yes. Warren JFK is currently at number six and looking to probably secure a playoff. Destiny situation, if they could win this week. McDonald, who we have a Week 10 against Springfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a huge game this week to continue their hopes alive as they take on the Rockets from Lowville, who are 6-2. and two. Uh, They came off that big loss last week. Uh, Lowville had, uh, took on Western Reserve, and Western Reserve pounded them 55-6. to six. So uh, they need to bounce back for their playoff hopes. Lowville's currently at 8. McDonald's at 7. John F. Kennedy is at 6. So that is a loaded division also. So we do have a few options there to keep an eye on, too. And then if you look at Division 5 and Region 17. South Range, correct? That's the only Crestview? South Range comes in at number 9. I mean, excuse me, number 10. Rootstown is at number 4. And that's about it. And yeah, our, when you look at that one, that is, of course, the Kirkland uh, region. So Kirkland cool. is running away with that region. The Kirkland Invitational. Yep. And then Garfield, Bel Air, Rootstown, Manchester. Some good schools in this. Really, that region has always been really tough. Yeah. And Arsenal is in it. Garway and Conneaut. And then Champion. Warren Champion. I take that back. They're at number eight at seven and one. What a turnaround, Tim. Yes. Of that program. We had them last year in the opener against JFK. And how impressed were we coming away with um, their new regime's mindset and their play? 
And each week from week one of 2018 on, uh, they've continued to buy in. Uh, they've continued to execute. They're they've one point better. from an undefeated season. They yeah. lost their opener to John F. Kennedy, seven to six, at Kennedy at Mollenkopf Stadium. Yeah, on They've August thirtieth, and they have run the table since, and now they take on Crestview at three and five, and then Brookfield at six and two. So they control; they don't actually control their own destiny. Uh, only one team has is uh, guaranteed, not even guaranteed a playoff, but control their own destiny. That's Kirkland. Yeah, everybody else is mathematically still viable in this region, and it is going to be interesting to see what happens. So. Uh, yeah, South Range and Champion are our two schools in that region. And it's incredible because their champion in 2017 was winless, correct? Were they winless or? Yeah. Yes, they were. So, uh, and they're going through some uh, some turmoil there with the coaching change midseason or later in the year. So, uh, what a job for uh, their champion, Golden Flash, just to uh, turn around the program that quick. It has been impressive. And, uh, you know, bottom line is they got they got an opportunity, and yep. they can make a huge That's impact. All you ask for this time of year, we'll have better uh, understanding of what's going on after week nine. Yes, and uh, week ten we'll probably put out a special after week ten mm-hmm. and uh, let everybody know about the playoff matchups and going forward. So, it should be a lot of fun, Anthony. Yes, we've had we've had a fun season, sure, haven't we? We certainly have. It's hey, been a lot of work. Two unrelated. Subjects to bring up. Okay. Uh, both about my my footy news. Yes. Collingwood uh, Magpies, of course, did not make the grand final this year. And that. However, if you happen to be watching ESPN uh, the other this. night, they had our guy, Mason Cox, on with his head coach in the pregame. I saw that. Yes. So uh, that, was, that was kudos to them. Get their... Uh, Get their names out there, talking about uh, AT&T Stadium down in Dallas and Fort Worth. And it was uh, quite quite impressive to see them. I'm glad to see them on. Yes. Matter of fact, I was shocked that the uh, ESPN guy knew, uh, had some information about Collingwood and where they finished the year before. And talking to their head coach a little bit about uh, about Australian rules football for a few, a few minutes. And uh, it was great to see. So I was I'm very happy about that. And uh, it was great. I'm just anytime we can get uh, Australian rules football some uh, publicity here in the states, I'm all for it. And it's great to see those two together and uh, going for it because they their trading season just ended yeah. down there. So yeah, they have a two week window and then begins again. And no, and the trading season ends. Oh, then trading, ends. not training. Oh, okay, trading. You know, like yeah. like like they have a very short window and where players can do that. My other little news is, uh, of course, this past Sunday was a bye week for my Browns, mm-hmm. but Liverpool was playing. Yes. So Liverpool, I got to go down to the West Side Bowl and hang out with uh, some good friends of mine who are all Liverpool guys and Viking fans for the yeah. most part. Uh, unique uh, brand there, but that's what they are. And Nate's a great guy. He runs the place and had a lot of fun. Liverpool ended up with a 1-1 draw against Man United, so uh, not a bad day. Probably could have won that game. Unfortunately, uh, the officials didn't see it play correctly and didn't call a foul. And in the process, Man U got a uh, a score 
in the first half and led one nothing. However, uh, Liverpool was able to tie it up in the second half and ended up with a 1-1 draw. So it was a great afternoon. They play again Wednesday afternoon at 3. So uh, those who are listening between now and Wednesday at 3, uh, get online and listen to them. On, uh, just look up Liverpool FC, and you'll find the streams and all that, and listen to it that way, or check them out online. And they're probably on uh, the uh, cable sports network uh the NBC Sports Network, so check them out there. Uh, if you have a chance, get down to the West Side Bowl and cheer them on uh, Wednesday and Saturday, I believe. So had a good time doing that. And uh, shout out to our good friend, Viking Jim. Mm-hmm. Of course, the big hug during the summer. Yes. From Klopp, Jurgen Klopp. So he was there. We had a good time watching the uh, the soccer game. And then uh, he changed his shirt. <laughs> changed uh, his shirt. From a Liverpool to a Randy Moss vintage Vikings jersey, and they were off and cheering and they, on the Vikings. And they and rolled big time. They rolled big time, and which was great to see because, A, I was a Viking fan for half a day until mm-hmm. uh, I had to leave, and I enjoyed that, and it was a lot of fun, so I hope to get down there again. And uh, a fun weekend. For a bye weekend, I enjoyed myself. Well, yeah. It's always nice to keep busy during a bye week. Uh, they could be I got over my Saturday depression pretty quick. I did not have a Saturday depression. Yeah. I did not have. I I have not had a Saturday depression in the last two weeks. Uh, well, the Buckeyes continue to roll, so we'll talk about them next time. Have they uh, slowed down any yet? No. Northwestern can let roll. that field go out to be a. I will be shocked if this team does not roll the the Big Ten, and I'll be shocked if they lose a game. Between we now and touched, the playoffs. And we have barely touched on Ohio State this year because there's so much going on. Um, but with baseball ending and the NFL and it's... We'll be talking about the Buckeyes coming up yeah, shortly. This going to become... Uh, now Now starts their, their stretch where they get some tests. Uh, Wisconsin this week. Uh, we'll Penn be, State in a couple. We'll be back on the Buckeyes fighting Irish bandwagon here uh, the rest of the season between you and I. Yeah. Uh, we'll be getting into the college football season. It's a big week for the Irish. All week. right. Go Reds. Get it done Wednesday. Get it done Saturday. And there's no Australian rules football to talk about no, until no. like January <laughs> when the women's competition begins. So don't have to worry about that. Pray for my brownies. Got to get a W. Got to get a W. We had to surprise the world. Shock I just- the football world. That's my goal. Shock the football world. You can have fun. Hoping to shock the world, and that's all well and good. I just hope my quarterback does not get taken away in a body bag. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, my football season has been made. I don't care what we do the rest of the year. As many of you have seen, probably was very blessed to fly out to the Mile High City last weekend and see Marcus Mariota and that horrific Titans team that whipped up on the Browns. Uh, thank you, Marcus, for playing very bad last week. That was the highlight of my football season. I don't care what happens now. What a dream come true it was to see my Broncos win in person. There you go. We may be 2-14 and 14 this year, but you would not have known by last week's crowd. Well, you know what? That game against the Browns all of a sudden got more interesting in the last few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God have mercy. All right. For this Cleveland Brown fan hoping for the best against the Patriots, 
Wishing you all a great week. Tune in to us on High School Football on Western Reserve Radio as we have the battle of the Holy War in yes. Youngstown as Mooney and Ursland will face each other. 7.30 kickoff this week. 7.30, 7:30 kickoff. Pre-game will start at 7 on Western Reserve Radio. We'll have it all for you. Also, you can hear it on AM 600 WRQX. So, please tune in to a lot of different things. Let us know. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you download. And we thank you all for listening. Beat Michigan. With that, have a great night, everyone.